I'm just going to start right in reading this book. Um, I'm not sure if I will keep everything in order or if I will just skip around. There are definitely some chapters that I have some real mixed feelings about sharing. <laughs> so those will probably get saved for quite some time. And we'll start out with the, the easier the easier ones. Um, okay, this is the preface. Welcome to the preface. Why? Why this? Why now? Why me? Why you? All the while I was writing my story, I cultivated a real obsession over why exactly I was doing it. It's no small task to compile 30 years of memory into the pages of a single book. Not to mention, the time in my life I chose to begin writing is not particularly conducive to producing high-quality academic projects. I have four children, seven and under. My youngest isn't even two yet. Some days I can barely function. I won't even begin to describe what sort of mental strain and physical tax my body is under during this phase. If you're there, you know. And if you've been there, you've probably forgotten and replaced it with all the wonderfully magical moments that come with it. I hope. The more people I told about this project of mine, the more I realized writing a life story is not on everyone's to-do list. It might be one of those things some are compelled to do because it was what one does in old age, if you make it that far and happen to still be sharp in the memory department. Maybe it's out of obligation to history or a reverence for life or an attempt to solidify relevance in a world that will someday no longer contain you. I wager there are more of us than will admit. Were we given a second chance, we'd erase a thing or two. Maybe even more than that. And maybe it's not easy to write a life that you're trying to forget. I am grateful and perhaps somewhat unique in wishing to remember it all. After all, experiencing or even choosing the bad in life helps refine the good. I began the whole thing by writing what I thought would be the preface, but later merged into the story itself. My sister wisely asked, isn't the preface supposed to be the last thing you write? So I took her advice and I'm writing this fresh at the very end. Now nearing completion of this daydream down memory lane, I'm finding there are a handful of reasons why I bothered to begin, and more importantly, why I finished. After all, my life is nothing special. I am no one. There is no great accomplishment I call mine that you won't find in your average group of randomly selected 30-year-old white American women. I am common, and my story absolutely reflects this. But I've learned that doesn't make it less valuable. Look, my life is nothing special, but of course it is to me. I know nothing different. I've heard the concept of ordinary being described as boring or even meaningless. Somehow the idea of being anything less than extraordinary or extraordinary, using a British accent just the way my second grade teacher, Mrs. Harris, suggested I do in my role as Mrs. Banks, for the elementary play Mary Poppins, which is the only way I ever say this word in my head, has pulsed through popular culture as some sort of unfulfilled destiny where you're denying your true potential, but that cannot be true. Surely some of the greatest happiness and purest joy is found in the trivial yet incredibly significant act of living an ordinary life. Even the simple opportunity of a single breath. Life is important. Words and books and voices and stories are important, even if you were no one. After all, everyone is someone. Maybe this book is a little self-soothing therapy or a nod at my own impermanence. Perhaps it is my best shot at defining a legacy, a journey in discovering who I am by examining who I've been. Maybe this is my marker for realizing just how temporary I am. As a child, I I didn't conceive the idea of ceasing to exist as I was. 
Children believe they are as they are and will be forever. As a teenager, even more so, they're invincible. Time, circumstance, and the physical world around them are theirs, all created for them at the center. Of course they know they'll get older, but it's not so much aging as it is a transformation into the even more awesome version they've reserved for someday when I'm a grown-up. As a young adult, huge life choices are made with ease because you still believe you define the world around you. Consequences aren't as concrete as they will be a decade later, or ever, if you're one of those who never come to. So if thus far you are lucky enough to have lived happy, well-adjusted, loved, and blissfully unaware of how good you have it, I imagine someday you will experience an, an epiphany. A quarter-life crisis, perhaps, where you'll cease blazing through life completely unabashed by the idea that someday you too, yes you, will die. You are utterly impermanent. You are one of billions. You are nothing. Since realizing this for myself, it seems I've attempted to live every day, moment, and minute, grasping for each infinitesimally minuscule portion of life, hoping to savor it all and willing it to stick around for me. I want to remember this, all of this, because maybe this right here, right now is as good and beautiful and worthy as any other piece in this potentially infinite yet fleeting existence. Some days more than others, of course. I've learned I can certainly count on time and it seems time will be moving exponentially from here on out. I want these slivers of precious moments collected. It brings me a lot of joy to recall happy times, the little blips of humor, of magic, of life lessons, of things in the moment that went completely over my head, but now hold some of the best treasured insight that only living can teach. The original plan was to write exclusively about my childhood, which should really be given as much credit as possible. In the grand scheme, that little pinch of life takes the longest to live. Life passes so slowly when you're a child. However, the other phases of my life naturally mix their way in. After all, human memories, at least mine, aren't as truly compartmentalized and chronological as they seem like they should be. How does one even define childhood? Even still, I have days where I'm convinced I'll never grow up, and you can't make me. Maybe this book is just a step toward my unending goal to combat the chronic overwhelm created by having so much stuff. Those pictures, ticket stubs, and kindergarten scrapbooks consume space the same way everything else does. Maybe even more so. Sentimental clutter is heavy. Wouldn't it be nice to trade it all in and have just one neat and tidy little book to help me remember? It could be I wanted to do something long-term from start to finish and do it well. Better yet, writing may very well be my choice creative outlet. Maybe the idea of someone else attempting to tell my story when I'm long gone by rummaging through my things and piecing together an inaccurate plot plagues me to no end. I'm convinced no one can, could, or would write the story the way that I did. But ultimately, the reason I wrote this book is whatever I say it is. That's the beauty of writing a book for yourself. So here it is, my purpose statement. There won't be any, any grand aha moment to accompany it, unfortunately. Because I've discovered this book is just a declaration of my personal attitude toward my existence, which is da -da -da -da, eternal gratitude. It's an honor to be alive. That's it. Simply put, I wrote this book because life is good. And I'm grateful, which is just my way of saying I'm happy. And that may be a little more profound than I give it credit. After all, aren't we chasing those three words our entire lives? Thanks for making it even this far, my beloved reader. Enjoy. 
Okay, now for a little behind-the-scenes commentary. While I was recording this episode, I, of course, chose to do it during the day, which, you know, from here on out, I should just cut out some time in the evening. But by the evening, honestly, I'm just so kaput. I just want to not. <laughs> I, I just want to not. So, um, but you never know how much stress relief and um, just how helpful things will be in your life until you get the ball rolling and start doing it. So that might actually end up being really good for me. Anyway, it's 2.30. My son found the tip measure and accidentally sliced his finger. And then he accidentally sliced his nose. That's fine. And then um, my daughter just came in and was chatting with me for a second with, with our eyes. An eye communication, finger communication, and now she is gone. Okay. Um, also, I am not, um, I'm not very old. So I feel like culturally the appropriate time to start writing your life story is maybe after you've lived more of it. But I feel like that shouldn't be the case. I think it's so important to write things along the way because memories don't stick they don't. They really don't. Like there's so many things that I wish I could remember to, to just be more accurate so that I could have um, the full story. But I don't have those things. All I have are the little, the little pieces that were just stickier, you know, like that just stayed with you because they latched onto some sort of emotion or feeling or a situation in your life that for some reason was heightened. So, um, so as, as time goes on, I feel like you lose more and more. And so if you want to remember more, write it down sooner, right? So that's why if you're like, wow, she's only 31 and is writing a life story. What a weirdo I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little weird, but, but also a little smart, huh? I don't know. Maybe let's just give a little credit here. I'll, t- I'll take my own credit for my own self. I'm like, yeah, give myself major props. All right. Thanks for listening to this one. And I will talk to you again real soon. Bye.